Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front here at the Attention Era Media Studios. We are presented by Three Lines Pub. We welcome you inside the studios. I am Baxter Colburn. And I'm Simon Provan. A very good day to you, Simon Provan. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Baxter. I'm an uncle again, so an congratulations. Uncle. congratulations. Thank well you. Done. I Thank feel like you. we should toast or throw something. <laughs> right. or I don't know. It's an exciting time. It, very exciting. So congratulations to my sister, Joy. Uh, and What's her soon-to-be husband, Troy. Declan. Declan. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. uh, so he's a very healthy kid. Good. Uh, got to visit him yesterday morning for a little oh, while. Fantastic. And absolutely loved it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uncle Simon. Thank you, you Baxter. Like, I mean, Appreciate uh, every, it. I feel like everyone's got an Uncle Simon. I don't. <laughs> maybe you can be my pseudo-Uncle Simon, <laughs> there we go. maybe. Like, Sounds good. Uncle Simon. Well, we've got a great show in store for you folks today. Uh, we're going to be joined in our second segment live in the studio by Milwaukee Torrent head coach and owner Andy Davi. He's got some exciting news about the expansion of the club. Uh, he'll give us a little bit of an insight into the Torrent season this upcoming year as well, too. So that'll be coming up in uh, about eight or so minutes. And then, of course, uh, we're going to be joined by FC Kansas City forward Shea Groom as well, too. Uh, we pre-recorded the interview a couple of days ago. Phenomenal interview. Probably one of the best I think we've ever had on Two Up Front. Uh, so good to hear from her as well, too. And uh, all of her thoughts about the upcoming NWSL season. Yeah, absolutely. Leading goal scorer last year for FC Kansas City. Talked about her time at A&M. Uh, very interesting interview. It's actually uh, gone quasi-viral already. It so, has. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you stay tuned to listen in. Absolutely. And, of course, if you ever missed our show live here on Brew Sports, you can also get it on our Facebook page, Two Up Front. You can go to our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com, and, of course, here on Brew Sports and brewsportsnet.com as well. Yeah, check us out on Facebook, Two Up Front. And, of course, we're on Twitter as well, at Two Up Front Soccer. I am at Baxter Colburn. No, I'm at Simon Provan. Are you? No <laughs> you wonder are. I keep at getting Baxter all these Colburn. acting tweets being yeah. Simon Provan. I was always wondering. Yeah, I, I, I switched it around to me. Usually I say <laughs> my, whatever. Anyway, well, You know who we are by now. If you don't know who we are, well, that's on you. No, I'm just kidding. We love all of you. All right, Simon, uh, time for the kick around. Time to dive right into the world of soccer. Uh, not a lot of MLS stuff to talk about. The only really small thing about MLS I want to talk about just really fast is all the injuries. People seem to be yeah. injured left and right here. Uh, yes. uh, Sebastian Leggett is hurt now for a while. Six months. That's insane. Like That's a huge blow to the galaxy now. B- big blow to the galaxy. It was a... 
well, not a big blow to the U.S. in regards to that Honduras game, but definitely could have used them in, in Panama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph Martinez, big one for that was a big one. Atlanta United. He's out four to six weeks after getting injured on uh, international duty with Venezuela. Those are the big ones. I mean, th- aside from that, I mean, there was four players that left U.S. national team camp with injuries, which is a little concerning and makes you kind of question the, the level of play that Honduras was kind of throwing at the United States. Obviously, it didn't help them because they still lost 6-0, to zero, but... Very interesting to see all of these injuries kind of piling up early on in the season. Well, and that's another big one for Houston Dynamo. Kyoto yes. getting injured uh, for Honduras against the U.S. Uh, he's He's been very important to the Houston Dynamo. So I, I do think the Dynamo, you know, they have other players that can step in. Buchado is one of them. Yes. Put, put him up front instead of playing in the midfield. So I think Houston could be okay. But for the energy that he has brought to Houston – uh, Dynamo are going to have to really shuffle things around. And the Dynamo certainly uh, one of those surprise teams in Major League Soccer thus far this season, and we'll have to see now that the first real test. I mean, everybody looks great on paper once you start the season, but once those injuries, that's really where you start testing just how good. How good is Atlanta United going to be now without you know their, one of their star players here in Martinez? How good will the Dynamo be? I mean, how good will the Galaxy be now, too? LeJet was one of the, st- the shining stars for, the, for a young, budding Galaxy team, so... Definitely three teams to keep a close eye on. Well, and one thing we did see, not injury-wise, but we do see how much the Timbers actually uh, do depend on Darlington Navy not being there in the midfield against that Columbus Crew team who they uh, ended up losing to, of course. A little surprised Uh, by that, honestly. Three to two. Uh, I thought Timbers looked pretty decent almost that whole game. Crew surprised a lot of people and ended up getting that win against Portland. Yes, indeed. Well, from uh, from an international perspective, uh, there was a lot of World Cup qualifiers taking place uh, over the last couple of days, of course, the United States. Uh, you know, we'll talk about them a little bit more in depth after we're uh, a little bit later on in the show. But uh, there's some other games that you were talking about in CONCACAF, uh, off the air at least. You're talking <laughs> about some, whether they were good calls or bad calls or just general things that apply to the United States as a whole moving forward. No, they, they were so... They were bad calls, Baxter. <laughs> There's really it, no way else to look at it. Every World Cup qualifying cycle, we see teams get what I've always referred to as CONCACAF. Yes. We saw two teams, two teams get CONCACAF last night. It's 0-0 Trinidad taking on Mexico in Trinidad. Trinidad scores perfectly good goal. Jovian Jones gets in there, puts the ball in the back of the net. You even saw the Mexican players hang their heads for a quick second. Yep. Uh, but instead, this mysterious offside call is made. The elusive, if, if, mysterious, if, invisible offsides call. Go back and look at the film. You'll see that Jones was perfectly onside. Goal should have stood. And you wonder what that would have done to Mexico had they been going possibly into halftime 1-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also, I think this is the most bizarre thing that we saw, Costa Rica taking on, was it Honduras? Had, yes, Honduras. Yes. They ended up drawing 1-1. Right before halftime, Costa Rica gets a call. They, they have an opportunity in their, in their attacking half of the field. Mm-hmm. They go to take the restart, and the ref blows the whistle for halftime. That was always one of my biggest pet peeves, and I know that this isn't real life, but when I play FIFA, Simon, <laughs> my biggest pet peeve is like the referee is blowing whistles before halftime on a counterattack or on corner kicks. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Now no. to see it in real life, I was really confused when I saw this take place. I, and I'm not, I, I can't say only in CONCACAF, but it certainly <laughs> feels like that at times. So only in Baxter's FIFA games and only in CONCACAF. Come on, FIFA. Do we see, together. and again, a, a game that ends up drawing 1-1. Uh, you know, in, in a way, it, it helped the U.S. because the U.S. is now sitting, and we'll get into this later, but the yeah. U.S. is sitting in that playoff spot now, which is, uh, which is important with, right. uh, you know, with their goal differential over Honduras now being plus one to Honduras, minus two, something like that. So they ended up working away in, in favor of the, of the U.S., but uh, 
one thing I'll say, and I know we got to move on yeah, here, is uh, is Mexico's punched their ticket as far as I'm concerned to, to Russia. There's there's no doubt about undefeated, almost maximum points. They're there. I, I almost want to phrase this as a possible question. How bad would it be for soccer if Mexico didn't qualify for a World Cup? I know they're obviously going to right now, but like hypothetically, if Mexico had just had a terrible qualifying, would, would the World Cup be less special because Mexico isn't there? Uh, the thing about Mexico, they always tend to move on into the, the second round. That's true. Uh, and they tend to lose in the second round. <laughs> Consistently. Um, I, I don't know if there would be less glimmer for the World Cup per se, but definitely for, I would say, for CONCACAF. Uh, listen, we almost saw that the last time around. Mm -hmm. If the U.S. hadn't, if Graham Susie hadn't scored that 90-second stoppage time goal. Susie, they were calling That's him. right. Uh, Mexico's in the World Cup be, because of that. Well, they still had to go on to that playoff, but. But True. because of that, Mexico made it. And they, they did talk about for Mexico as a country, mm -hmm. billions of dollars would have been lost in their economy had Mexico not made the World Cup. I just can't Cup. even imagine. Like, you, you really realize just how important going to a World Cup actually is. And when you really break it down, I mean, in the United States, like, yes, if the United States doesn't go, the true soccer fans get upset. But, like, the economy, as you mentioned, of, like, a Costa Rica or a Mexico, or, like, they literally run on soccer just takes a massive hit and that's why you see these guys playing with their heart on their sleeve because they're like we literally have nothing else like we have to win and to see something like that i think is very commendable so yeah good yeah, luck absolutely. good luck to mexico the rest of the way on uh, just real quick baxter talking about competitions i'm officially ahead of you in the uh, prediction you finally game. take me over this week <laughs> oh yes one game there I it is three and three and you were one and five well let's be honest though i mean the red did Canada win? Or, oh, they drew. No, they drew. I was Scotland about to say one, they one. drew. Look at that. The, the native land. 1-1 one, one draw. These Canadians are probably apologizing the whole time. Like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry about that. Oh, my Lord. I love the Canadians. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. All right, well, let's move along with the show, Simon. Uh, for those of you that know, Simon and I uh, serve as the broadcast team for the Milwaukee Torrent. Uh, last season, we had the opportunity to be a part of the inaugural uh, season for Andy Davi and the Milwaukee Torrent. They were able to go out and take home a lot of silverware last year, which, you know, to an extent, some people maybe didn't know what to expect when you when you bring in an expansion franchise or when you start a new team. People don't always know what to expect. But Andy Davi had the dream, had the idea, and he has come out swinging since day one. And now he is going to be joining us here in the studio in just a brief moment to help us recap uh, last season briefly, but also to help uh, make some new announcements as well, too. So uh, a very good day to you, uh, Coach Davi. How are we doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thanks doing for having well. me again. Absolutely. Simon, same. It's been far too long, I feel like, since we've it had Andy has on been. the show. It should be a rule or something. Every couple of weeks we have. Although to have what's on. been what's I don't know I don't know if it's uh, if Andy has anything to do with this, but the last time he was on, he, we were in the other upgraded studios. That's and, true. And now he's on again, and we're in an even more upgraded studio. And studios, I was so. thinking about this this morning too on my way here. I'm like every you know move that we've had for two up fronts, Andy's always followed us. He's been there with us. That's right. From the from the little closet basically back at WLC to now here at Bruce Sports. Yeah. And I know, those there. Germans are loyal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of loyalty, Andy, <clears throat> I mean, you continue to just pour your heart and soul out for the city of Milwaukee when it comes to soccer. 
Uh, I know last season, of course, was very successful on numerous fronts. I mean, a couple of championships for you folks, you know, for the Torrent as a whole. Uh, really briefly, I mean, now that you've really had a full, you know, a couple of months to digest what took place last season, how, how amazing, when you really look at it, was last year for you in the Torrent? I didn't really have so much time, of course. Uh, <laughs> it was quick. It was really quick. There's still a lot of stuff that you have to plan and get ready for the new season. But, um, I mean, it's again, I think I said it to one of, one of the shows before. I think you, you only realize this when you when you go to the town or drive somewhere and suddenly you see somebody who wears a torrent cap or a torrent shirt mm -hmm. or people that you actually do not know or yes. you don't belong. Um, to the people that, that you consider friends and, and then all, all those followers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the stuff that's going on there. It's, it's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, it's, but again, it's, and I said this in one of the, one of the things when I, when I talked actually with um, Jimmy, Jimmy Carlson, I said, to start something like this, you really have to be enthusiastic, enthusiastic yes. about this. But then to be successful and to stay successful, you need to be patient. Mm -hmm. and, exactly. And I think, um, even as a German, I, I was patient, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, it's, going, it's going really well. So you've got uh, quite a few players returning this yeah. year. You also signed quite a few in the offseason as well. So I wonder if you can talk about some of the players that are returning that you're excited to have back. doesn't mean those other players you're not excited to have back, <laughs> of course. Uh, but then some of the, but some of the new signings and how you feel they're going to help the Torrent this upcoming season. Yeah, we had obviously at the at the trials that we did already October, November, uh, much more player than the last time. Uh, but being successful, you also draw more draw uh, more talent. Which is so, ultimately the first goal, I felt like. Yeah, correct, correct. So um, were tough tryouts. We uh, tried, but still were pretty good. We we found players at the at the tryouts, um, like Mark Hutchinson, who is from Sun Prairie, Isaac Pereira, who played uh, in in Mexico go for Club America and Cruz wow. Azul that I mean when you play in those clubs as a um, youth soccer I mean you can you can kick the ball um, and then we have Archie Sua who who added who we added a li little bit later who played um, in North Dakota last season a really fast player um, that we are glad glad to have and but about the returning players um, we offered every every player to come back obviously because it was just tremendous and some things some things don't work out. You have you need to commit to this. Obviously, mm -hmm. the schedule this year is much busier than last year, with 14 games in seven weeks that, that we have to get in. You have practice and stuff. Some of the guys' coaches, um, but yeah, I mean we're glad to have those guys back, and uh, we have to prove exactly what we did last year. What will be harder this year because the competition will be tougher. Are there any names from last season that fans aren't going to or are are not going to be able to see this upcoming season? Well, James Weber and uh, Ian Bennett. And Aaron Howard are not playing with us this oh, wow, year. Okay. Um, James moved to Minnesota. He's All right. During yep. the season, he's going to get married and uh, goes on honeymoon. Congratulations so, to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, unfortunately he couldn't move that, but <laughs> but yeah, he he moved up there, but he's going to move back to Milwaukee end of the summer, okay. and um, that's good. Um, so a season off potentially, but a possible open door for him to come back, though. Correct. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. The, the door never never closes unless you do something really bad. <laughs> Well, you've got some uh, some some teams in this league now. It's no longer provisional. You are you are officially part of this this conference, and, and of course, one of the highlights is one of the most well supported lower division teams yeah. in American soccer, and that's Detroit City FC. I'm curious uh, if you've had an opportunity to watch them play. I know there's been some Twitter spats between the clubs at times. Um, well, it's not the clubs. There are there are there are some some members from Detroit and Lansing. They they created fake Twitter accounts oh. for the torrent and uh, oh, um, 
Yeah. So it's just stuff that we, we move on. We stay positive. We sure. don't react to this. Sure. I mean, you have a block button. Um, sure. That sure. you can use. And um, <laughs> but are you, are you excited at all to be you know when you go there you're you're potentially playing in front of four th you know five thousand people at Detroit. Yeah, of, of course. I mean, this is great. That's what you want. That's what you want when you play soccer. You want to play in front of of thousands of people. I mean, that's that's what we live for. That's yes. why we love the game. That's why we do the tour. We want to bring that exact time, uh, um, that exact um, same 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 amount of people we want to have them in in the stands too and uh, obviously i told the players all right i think it will be it will be um with 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 all respect it it will be most challenging mm -hmm. to play in front of those people sure. than probably a team the team itself you know exactly because because that's a, that has a big impact when you play in front of four or five thousand people and uh, uh grand rapids draws i think three thousand people mm -hmm. so it will be fun we're totally excited about it and obviously our first away game is directly in detroit of course started so, off with a bang basically <laughs> then like. I, i'm i'm excited um i know i know the owners the owners actually came 2011 to milwaukee and um they took a look how i run the npsl program here okay um for the bavarian soccer club so there is a little bit of history between me and them oh, and okay so. possible friendly rivalry maybe moving forward depending oh yeah on. i mean i have i have no problem with them it's just <laughs> well know. andy big news speaking of leagues there's going to be a new league in milwaukee next year with a new team the wpsl uh wpsl will be represented in milwaukee by milwaukee torrent women's team Correct. Big announcement for you just a few days ago on another uh, television show. Tell us about this. How did this come about, and, and what are you looking most forward to? Yeah, I feel like you weren't busy enough, so you're like, you know what, i got to do more. <laughs> How to put a whole other team in here. Well, I mean, when we remember, and we guys talked several times about it, yeah. I said I would like that our, all the kids who play soccer, that they have someone to look up to. Yes. So we took care of the men's program. I need to take care of the women's program. And um, I have actually the franchise already since months. We oh just, really? Wow. Yeah, we just waited. We just waited for the right time to announce it, um, and it was great that it was on TV. Like I said, with with the, all the Division One colleges, or all the colleges that we have, mm -hmm. not even not even this. All the I think it's twelve thousand registered girls who play in South Southeast Wisconsin. I, I mean, you would know more about that than well, I. We have, you've we got have a total of over forty thousand kids who oh play soccer. It, it's just it was it was logical that this is the next step for us and mm -hmm. and i knew when when i started this and i talked without the board well what it was i wanted to do the same thing that i did with the man's program we're going to announce it now we're going to build the program up for one year uh it stays as an amateur as for now mm -hmm. but also we keep it open to uh do this uh, professional later interesting so, i mean and, and simon and i talk a lot about the nwsl on the show uh, yeah. is that i mean you literally just announced this but is that a potential future goal is to maybe be an expansion side in that regards i know obviously there's the money and everything that goes into that but is that the goal or is it going to be the wpsl for a couple of years it's absolutely the goal i mean let's let's stay for a few years in the wpsl i mean you have great competition we will be in the heartland division with uh chicago uh the red stars oh sure uh with the twin stars from minnesota um des moines menace mm. and then two teams from kansas city so and this, this is, is I mean, this is a league, too, that has over 100 teams in it as well, too. Yes. So you're, you're experiencing high-caliber players left and right. So that's Correct. only going to make your team better as well. Correct, yeah. Well, that's phenomenal. I mean, I think that that's something that I think Milwaukee needed. I think, you know, you've already been, you know, kind of a pioneer with trying to, to bring, you know, professional outdoor soccer. Now that you've got the women's side as well there, too. I mean, I think that's very commendable. So congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you absolutely. as well, too, honestly. Uh, any Anything else, Simon? I mean, there's some great stuff, obviously, coming up. I mean, you've got the your Brenner Brewing uh 
an event right at the end of the month uh, in April. Correct. That's going to be a big thing. Uh, season tickets, are they still available as well? Season too? tickets are still available. It is last week. We actually have uh, this Sunday a, wel a welcome party in Tosa. And ah, Les Lucky okay. Town, where some of the players will Perfect. be there. It's the last, the last time to, to get season tickets. Okay. Um, yeah, and then the big season opening party at Brenner's. That's exciting. That I'm hopefully coming by on Sunday if I can work out the schedule that would with be the great. wife. So. I will be in Wisconsin Dells, speaking of soccer, <laughs> coaching of my soccer. younger daughter. Ah. <laughs> well, Andy, we appreciate you taking the time to join us uh, Thanks here for having us. On, on Two Up Front, and we uh, hope to have you back again as well soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, Andy. Next up here on Two Up Front, uh, we had an opportunity earlier in the week to sit down and have a conversation with FC Kansas City forward Shay Groom. Uh, Shay is a young, budding talent. She spent her college days down at Texas A&M, uh, Simon did his very best to uh, keep his manners together in that one, even though he does, uh, he's got that hook'em horns pride. But uh, aside from that, though, Shea, a phenomenal interview, somebody that uh, really is going to be a pioneer for women's soccer as a whole moving forward. Um, really, when you, when you break it down, Shea is one of those players that you want to cheer for. You want her to be successful. And, uh, and you'll be able to kind of pick that up from the interview as a whole, too. I mean, as you really kind of start to take it all in for, for what she's capable of doing. Um, when, you, when you really break it down, she was the leading goal scorer, as we mentioned last season as well, too, for FC Kansas City. So a, a phenomenal talent, someone that is really going to be a, a focal point for FC Kansas City going this season. But how will she fit in, though? Will she fit in with Sydney LaRue? Will she fit in with Amy Rodriguez now that she's had a season off uh, without having to deal with them? So there's, there's a lot of question marks in that regards that still have yet to be answered uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, Shea certainly is going to be a player that is going to bring a lot to uh, FC Kansas City in this upcoming season. Uh, Simon, I mean, when you, when you really look at it and you talk about what she is capable of doing, I mean, how do you, how do you view a player like Shea Groom moving forward? Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think you said it perfectly, Baxter. There's a, uh, there's a bit of a wild card in that with Sydney LaRue coming back, she's, and we do ask Shea about this, but with Sydney LaRue coming back, playing all over the place, you can plug Sydney in anywhere, so you wonder if that'll affect Shea at all. Uh, of course, Amy Rodriguez playing up top. That's actually what I'm most interested to see. If you have Amy Rodriguez and Shea Groom playing together, you're talking Hi about a, a, to a lot of firepower of up front as we up do front, a great interview uh, for here for FC you, Kansas City, which of course. Know. Shea did lead the team in scoring, but you look at other leading scorers on team, Shea did have eight goals. Uh, she didn't have a great amount of support. Now, Kansas City, I think, still surprised people last season that even though they finished just outside of the playoffs, I think they finished higher than a lot of people thought they would. Again, when you're missing key players like Amy Rodriguez and, and Sidney LaRue, and Shea Groom is probably one of the main reasons why you saw that happen. So... We'll continue to see the developments with FC Kansas City. All NWSL teams now have started their preseasons. Uh, one of the teams that we do talk about in the interview with Shea, of course, is the Boston Breakers. Uh, Boston has been outstanding in this preseason. Now, granted, most of these teams are playing against other uh, are, are playing against college teams. Uh, so, because of that. Uh, looking at these preseason results may not be telling us a true picture. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Baxter, let's, uh, I would say let's not wait any longer. Let's get to that interview with Shea. I think we've teased the people long enough. And uh, here is our interview that we have pre-recorded with FC Kansas City's Shea Groom. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Two Up Front as we do a great interview here for you. Oh, as you already know, our show airs here on Wednesdays on Brew Sports uh, from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time. But occasionally we get the opportunity to do some great pre-recorded interviews for you that we bring live on the air. 
Uh, today we've got another great interview, Simon. It's been a couple of weeks since we've had an NWSL player on the show, but uh, we get to offer the fans uh, somebody really awesome today, actually. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, our show's really been missing that NWSL angle, so I'm so excited to get back to, uh, back to talking to NWSL as well as the player we're about to have on the show. You're absolutely right, yes. We have the opportunity today to uh, speak with the leading goal scorer from FC Kansas City last season. She wears the number two. Uh, it is Shea Groom, and she joins us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line now. Shay, good. Good day to you. Welcome to Two Up Front. How are you today? I'm good. Just happy to talk to you guys, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Well, we're excited to have you on the program today, Shay. Uh, first and foremost, uh, congratulations on leading your team in goals last year with eight as a whole. Definitely no small feat, especially when you've got gals like Amy Rodriguez and Sydney LaRue not present uh, for the whole season. Uh, what is your, what's your kind of your quick review of how you thought 2016 went as a whole, especially with your success in the goals department? Yeah, definitely. I think 2016 was a growing year um, individually and also um, as an organization uh, for FC Kansas City. Obviously, we were missing some of the players we had in that championship season the year before, and we were missing players like Sid and A-Rod um, who were out um, creating their own little family. So um, it was quite the adjustment, I would say. Um, I learned a lot just by playing a one-front and getting that opportunity to get a lot of experience, a lot of minutes, and a lot of games. And uh, luckily, I was fortunate enough to score a few goals and um, get some experience in, in that light, too. And I think that's going to carry over into this next season. It definitely carried over into my off season. So um, I was really happy with the way it went personally. Obviously, as a team, I would have liked us to go to the playoffs and make another championship run. But um, this wasn't in the cards for us last year. Yeah, not, not too off. Not too far off making the playoffs, finished with 26 points. Western New York Flash, who was the fourth seed, finished with 32. Uh, but talking about two, 2017, I'm curious if Coach has talked to you at, a ball, uh, at, you at all about uh, you know, Amy Rodriguez coming back, of course, being able to pair up with you up top. Sydney LaRue kind of plays all over the place. Wondering what you're most looking forward to in 2017 and, and how Coach might use you this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what our offense looks like this year. Um, we've obviously been in preseason for a couple weeks now, and I had the pleasure of training with Sid all off season. So we kind of got to build a chemistry and a connection um, during those few months in the off season. Um, and now having A-Rod back, it's kind of just fitting the puzzle together and see how we work best with each other on the field. Um, played a couple preseason games, and I think – we're starting to make those partnerships, make those connections, and build that chemistry between us three on the front line. Um, but I think we're still trying to figure out, you know, the mobility between all three of us and, you know, maybe where we fit best on the field. So um, it's exciting, though, to – last year I felt like a little bit on my own, a little bit on an island, um, and a lot of the pressure and the goal-scoring pressure sometimes leaning on me. But um, I think this year it can come at all angles, and uh, you're kind of going to be surprised, and we're going to keep defenses on their toes because they don't really know where it's going to come from. Talking with Shay Groom here on 2 Up Front. Shay, uh, you had a, a very unique opportunity to lead the team in goals last season. Aside from that, you also led the team in red cards last season as well. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily know if that's something that you should be proud of or not, but is, is that your first professional red card that you were issued last year? Yes, I have can say I have not had a red card in a long time, but it was not my first ever. But okay, well, um, you don't really strike me sadly, as a very mad person, so I guess I don't know how that uh, no. how you get a red card uh, seems a little puzzling to me. 
I am small but fierce. Um, I think my passion, my passion and uh, my intensity often comes off as maybe something more than it is. But I just think that I'm a very passionate player, and it shows in how aggressive and intense I am on the field. Um, if there's a goal, if there's a ball in front of the goal, I'm likely going to go for it. So um, sadly, it gets me in a lot of probably controversial tackles, but um, nothing ill will towards any of the players that are involved in those situations. Well, speaking of uh, being tough on the ball, being tough on the field, I do have to ask you, you do have had a couple of players, teammates called up to the U.S. national team for these uh, April friendlies. Of course, forward, the team is stacked at forward, but I, I do have to ask you, have you had any conversations with Jill Ellis considering how well you did last year and, and how things could be looking for this year? Yeah, I went into camp back in October, um, and obviously that was a big dream of mine. So to be able to go to that level and see, get a taste of it and see what it's like was a great opportunity for me, I think, as a player. Obviously, you get there, and it's way different than you could have ever prepared for, and um, I don't think that I was quite prepared when I got there. But I've been able to take what Jill has said and come back home in the off season, build some confidence, and train like I know I would have to train at that level. Um, so I think going forward, you know, she's made it clear that she's going to be at the NWSL game. She's going to be picking players from the NWSL pool. So um, I think if I can do similar to what I did last year and um, work well with some of the other national team players that are also a part of SC Kansas City, then, you know, I have a good shot in the future to be called up and to be considered um, in the years going forward. Well, we're talking about the future here with the U.S. Women's National Team, but I also have to talk about your past. Now, I have to confess something to you, Shay. I went to the University of <laughs> Texas, so I hope you don't hold that against me too much. Oh. <laughs> uh, you went to A&M. Oh, I'm <laughs> you, you were part of a very historic team at A&M, considered probably the best in the, in the school's history, 2014. I wonder if you could take us back to that time and, and how special that program and team was to you. Yes, A&M is uh, my home. I try to go out, um, visit there every off season. Um, it is just truly a special place for me. And definitely that class, those nine players that uh, were there, you know, from day one to uh, our last day on campus, um, it was just special to be able to be the first team to get to the final four. I mean, A&M has been um, to the NCAA tournament for 20 plus years now in a row. Um, just an amazing streak. So to be able to finally be that first team that made the College Cup was such a special experience. Obviously, I wish it could have ended differently, but um, to be able to set that goal back my junior year and then to follow through and finally see it come to fruition on my senior year was just um, incredible. And uh, that's a special place, special program with G. Phil and Lori there. Um, still the coaches, been the coaches for years. So um, they're like family to me, and I still call them weekly. So um, A&M will always be a special place for me, and uh, definitely that class of nine that finished in the College Cup in 2014. One of the things that I feel like when you talk about women's college soccer, folks always talk about UNC as being the powerhouse. Do you feel, as someone that has gone through all the success that you did while you were at Texas A&M, that Texas A&M just doesn't really get the same kind of national exposure as we see the Tar Heels and other big programs like Stanford and others? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I know when I was getting recruited, uh, I had no idea what Texas A&M was. Um, so, it, you know, it definitely doesn't have, didn't have that kind of reputation, but I think um, it's being considered in the talk now. Um, and I think that 
is such a credit to the foundation that that pro, the players before me have laid. And um, for us to be able to get into that College Cup kind of put us on the map. And uh, historically, we, we have great records. We have winning seasons, and we're always in the NCAA tournament. So I think it's such a strong program, but we're still looking to um, build that championship status, you know, like a North Carolina who, you know, started off really strong in its early years and was able to continue to build the program and a lot of the ACC schools. But I think A&M has made its name in the SEC now, being there for three or four years. And uh, my class being able to make it to the College Cup, I think, really has set a tone for what Texas A&M soccer is and what it will be going forward. Well, talking about setting a tone, let's look ahead to your first regular season game. This is uh, April 16th, taking on the Boston Breakers. Both clubs here are, are going to be searching for an identity early in the season. Boston mm-hmm. Breakers making a tremendous amount of changes in the off season. Of course, your team getting some players back that hadn't been there for the last year. What can we expect to see come April 16th? You know, the funny thing about the NWSL is uh, any team can win on any, any given day. So, you know, often I think last year uh, Boston was often noted the bottom of the, the bracket, you know, the team that, you know, you should beat. But um, they showed up and beat us twice. So I think for a club and as an organization, we're going to be definitely looking to get a first win. I don't know if you guys know this, but FC Kansas City has not won a – their first game um, in the history of the NWSL. So we're I did still not know that. Yeah. Wow. The W on the first game. So um, it's kind of like the joke. We don't want to call it a joke because uh, we'd really like to have a win. But, um, <laughs> you know, we've found a way to have two championship seasons without a win on the first day. So I think for us, it will definitely be looking to, you know, just play our game, put things together, and um, get a W for the first time. But um, I think also, you know, Boston has always given us a great game and looking at their roster and the players that they've gotten in the draft and players that they've traded for, I think they'll be a really great side. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. Well, you had 15 career game winning goals while at A&M. You've had scored a tremendous amount of goals for FC Kansas City. So I personally want to Shay, wish you the best of luck on, on getting another game winning goal and perhaps that W on day one of the season. <laughs> it's definitely going to be an intriguing game to say the least. I mean, you and I have talked about it a lot about what Boston has done in the offseason and just what the entire NWSL has done as a whole too. Uh, Shay, really fast before we let you go, I just we've tried to ask everybody that. Uh, we've had on the show from an NWSL perspective about their thoughts on the new TV deal uh, with the A&E networks. Um, how have you viewed the deal and how do you feel like it will benefit the league as well going forward? Yeah, I think it's definitely a great starting point. Obviously we've worked really hard to get exposure and just get our games out there. Cause I think that's what's missing is people understanding that there are ways to watch our games and there are ways to watch women's soccer and it's good soccer. So I think it'll be really important for us to have this TV deal, you know, have announcers that are consistent and, um, you know, just better quality. So, and I think, you know, just being on that network is going to be really important for the demographic and the people that want to be watching our games will have access to it. So I'm really excited about it. And I think our fans are too. So a good step in the right direction hopefully you can get all the games on there at some point but i'm really excited and i think just everybody in the nfl is also really excited all right well shay we appreciate you taking the time to join us uh, on to up front today we wish you the very best of luck on the upcoming season and we look forward to hopefully having you back on the program as well here in the next couple of months if it works out 
Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There goes Shea Groom on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for this special interview. Uh, remember, you can catch the full edition of Two Up Front this coming Wednesday on the Brew Sports Network. Just go to Brew Sports on Facebook and like that page, and you can check us out on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time, live right here on Brew Sports. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn. We'll see you guys back here on Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. And welcome back inside the studio here on to up front. You changed so quickly. It I was did. Like instantaneous. Just boom, bam. Ooh. Like I went from a plaid shirt to back to my jacket. It's, it's amazing what it's you can do with TV camera. It's impressive. Magic. It's impressive, Baxter. Don't tell anybody. I'm very quick, okay? I had D3 <laughs> speed back in the day, Simon. People were like, whoa, he's so fast. What, a, what an amazing interview. Shay is probably, I, I mean, I've always appreciated Shay Groom, but now I am an actual fan of Shay Groom. Sure, absolutely. My goodness, yeah. like one of the sweetest people you will ever talk to in your life and just so genuine and so driven and so successful at such a young age that, but it doesn't really like get to her head like, yeah, I'd love the team and goals last year, but because I, I knew that I had to step up and rise to the occasion, not like, well, yeah, because I'm the best player on the team. Clearly, that's why I scored the most exactly. goals. Exactly, right, right. Yeah, very, very down to earth. I mean, even the way she talked about uh, Texas A&M mm-hmm. and how proud she still is of that program that she gets back there every single year. I mean, that says a lot about somebody who knows where they came from, understands their roots, and is always willing to give back, which is a cool thing to see. You're absolutely right about that. NWSL preseason still very much in full swing. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more next week. Uh, can we tell people who our interview is next week, or should we wait? I, I, no, I think we should let them we should know, let the, let the folks know. So it is officially confirmed. Uh, we will be joined next Wednesday on the program by NWSL. Number one overall draft pick out of the University of Wisconsin, Rose Lavelle. She will be joining us here on the program. She is a member of the Boston Breakers, a member of the U.S. Women's National Team. She will be a here with breakout, us next a week. A breakout performance at the She Believes <sighs> Cup. Unbelievable. So I, I'm excited. Hopefully, I mean, she's already a really quick gal, so I'm hoping we can keep up with her. Uh, so we'll have to see because she'll probably just fly all over the place But because of how fast she is. That's right. That's right. But, I see uh, what you did there. Uh, I, I was going to say, I was like, you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? But like, I'm trying to tell her. She's really funny and fast. But anyway, Rose Lavelle, she'll be here next week with us. Uh, so make sure you tune in uh, here, of course, on 2 Up Front on Brew Sports at 10 a.m. Central Time to catch that interview. All right, moving along, staying with the national team, but going to the men's side of things. Uh, the United States had two crucial World Cup qualifying games over the last uh, week, basically. They had to take on Honduras, and they had to take on Panama. I thought Honduras was going to be the difficult game. I thought this was going to be a very close game. I thought it was going to be maybe a 1-1 or a 2-1 sort of game. I think I actually called a draw in that game, you I did. think, in our predictions. Yes. And I thought maybe th- I thought the U.S. was going to run over Panama. Turns out that they decided to listen to us and be like, we're going to do completely opposite. Well, they listened, they listened to, to you. Yes. Right? I, I had predicted, I think, a 3-1 scoreline on, on the Honduras game. My whole thing was that Bruce Arena's back. He's going to bring that fighting spirit back to the team that we haven't seen in a while. A lot of players have actually come out and said that as well, is we've got yes. a spirit about this team that we just haven't had in so long. And, and I, I think it is a good example of an American coach understanding that American mentality. Uh, and that's, again, I, I'm not making a comment whatsoever, any xenophobic thoughts or anything like that, because I realize we do have nationalized Americans on the team as well. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, but Bruce Serena got everybody back into that mode of believing that we can take on anybody, we can beat anybody. And we, Honduras is not a world power, but they were in the last World Cup. Yes. Uh, which, and they've gotten know. even better in the last year, year and a half. Exactly. Uh, so their so best players are tearing through Major League Soccer. Listen, right that was the second highest scoreline of any World Cup qualifying game in CONCACAF history, Baxter. 
So it, it goes to show, and this is the hex, right? So, it, or not, not World Cup qualifying history, but in, in, in the hex history, yes. which I think goes back to 1998. Um, so we're talking about a 20-year history here. Uh, so, so we saw Bruce Arena bring that to the team. We saw a team that Bruce Arena had to fill in holes with both times, yes. uh, especially in the Panama game, but even in that Honduras game, not having Fabian Johnson. Um, so, you know, having to do some patchwork, and the team still comes out, puts in a solid performance, Defensively, still some holes that we saw, mm -hmm. uh, but going forward, you can't ask for a better performance than that. How do you how do you put into words the four goals in two games from Clint Dempsey? This is a guy that I thought was going to be maybe a shell of himself. I know he's recovered from the from the heart issues that he was having. You have something like that that's so vital to you as a human being. It's hard to say, okay, I'm going to go out and now be successful on a club and a national team level. And he showed that. He's like, look, I'm going to put the ball in the back of the net. I'm going to prove that I am still arguably the greatest player ever to play for the men's national team. I feel like this performance solidifies any sort of doubters that were out there about Clint Dempsey's form, his physical fitness, if he still cares about playing soccer. You score four goals in two massive games you're obviously doing something right. Baxter, he is one goal behind tying Landon Donovan's record <sighs> for the U.S. national team. Uh, but on top of that, you asked me, what, what, how do I put it into words? It's one word. It's unbelievable mm -hmm. in the truest sense of the word. For, for a guy who had uh, issues with his heart just six months ago, yes. not having played in many games, to come out, get a hat trick in the first game, and then get a, a very crucial goal in Panama. It, it, that's simply it. It's, it's unbelievable. But he played with a passion. He played with an intelligence. He knew where to be on the field. Uh, he, obviously, he was always there. But a key to that, too, is having a player like Christian Pulisic mm -hmm. playing right behind you, feeding you those balls. I mean, what a, I hate to say revelation, but for lack of a better phrase, what a revelation Christian Pulisic is for this U.S. men's national team. Really, no, no, no matter how you break it down, you, you want to try to be like, listen, Christian Pulisic, he's still young. He's trying to learn the systems. You know, what could he possibly do? This is a guy that is consistently playing in arguably one of the greatest leagues in the, United, in the, in the world, You're playing for Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga. Now he is here at the highest level that you can play for international soccer, and he's excelling. He's not floundering. This isn't some 18-year-old kid that's like, I like soccer. He is out there playing like a man among boys, and he is a vital part. And the veterans on the team are saying, we need him to be successful. And it's not just the U.S. men's national team players that have noticed this. Mm -hmm. Everybody in CONCACAF have recognized it. Panama definitely recognized not? it. So what Panama did in this, in this game, mm -hmm. uh, something effectively, but certainly things that, uh, you know, we're not a fan of this type of soccer, they just kept going at Pulisic physically taking him out. I think he was fouled four times in a matter of two minutes at one point. And, and when you have a referee that's not giving out cards, players are going to keep coming at them. But I, I love what Bruce Arena said about Christian Pulisic because Bruce was asked, you know, how do you move forward with this? How does he adjust to this? And Bruce said, look, he's a player who plays for a big-time club in a big-time league in big-time competition. Mm -hmm. He'll adjust. Literally, you look at the atmosphere you have to play in if you are a, you know, a member of Borussia Dortmund. When you go play Bayern Munich or you even host a game as Borussia Dortmund, there are seventy to 80,000 people there screaming good or bad. That's hard to play in. I don't care if they're all on your side. Like If I've got 80,000 people, if they were here in the studio cheering me on, I'd be like, stop, I'm trying to focus. Like You have to be so laser-focused and so talented to put all that aside and even being targeted like he was as well, too. And I don't want to cause conspiracies, but the fact that the referees were from the Mexican side of things, and we know that Mexico has always had it up for the United States, not to play conspiracy theories, but at the same time, like maybe that is why some calls were not going the United States way. Or it does make they were wonder. being more lenient with the tackles. 
you know, the fair tackles on Pulisic. Like, that shouldn't happen. You need to protect the players. You need to protect the players. Soccer needs to be soccer. It shouldn't yes. become a hack fest. And if it's becoming a hack fest, then do what you're supposed to do as a referee and start pulling the cards out. And ultimately, do you think the physicality is why this game ended in a 1-1 draw? Well, I think it's part of it. Uh, the other part of it, too, Baxter, is this was like a step back in time. The condition of that field was horrendous. It looked really and, bad. And, right. Uh, you know, it was like watching the CONCACAF qualifier from... Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Uh, you know, you're sitting on a field that's surrounded by a huge track again, so the fans are far away. Yep. Uh, and on top of that, though, is you look at the U.S.'s back line. They had Omar Gonzalez, Jorge Villafania, Tim Ream replacing Jonathan Brooks, Graham Susie in for Jeff Cameron. Cameron played well in that Honduras game for the 60 minutes he was in. Yeah. Ended up not playing against Panama. So part of this was back. So this was the first time these four players have ever played together. Mm. Uh, the score, the goal that Panama did end up scoring, there were a lot of little mistakes that happened in that long throw-in sequence that allowed Panama to get back into, the, into this one. It was interesting, some of the subs, seeing uh, Bedoya come in for Nagby. Um, we did see the introduction of, uh, I don't have it in front of me here, the, the substitute for Clint Dempsey, Areola? Areola? Oh, Areola, yes. yes. Thank you, yep. thank you. So we saw him. Um, get his first cap as a, in World Cup qualifying. Uh, so uh, I, th I don't know if there was a point in which Bruce Arena looked at this and, and thought Dempsey was getting tired or if it really was a matter of him feeling comfortable with the 1-1 draw and saying, let's bleed, this, let's bleed some guys into this. Well, one of the things that I'm a little concerned about is why guys like Walker Zimmerman and Dax McCarty didn't get a single minute. That would have been the time, I feel like, to try it. Even in the Honduras game, like, look, guys, we were up already 3-0 at halftime. Dax McCarty, who was getting his, you know, some of his first call-ups in a long time, give him the opportunity, a young guy like Walker Zimmerman. How often do we say, wow, the young players, they don't know what it's like to play in CONCACAF. Give them an opportunity if you're sure. up 3-0 like sure. that, especially on the defensive side of things when you've already been getting guys beat up from, from an injury perspective. Why not go and, you know, as you said, bleed some of those guys in? Those are two very young, budding players. I mean, obviously Dax is a little bit older, but you're giving them guys that literally just want to support their country and just play for their country. Why not give them that opportunity in yeah, that game? And I'm not necessarily defending this, but I think what we do see with Bruce Arena, and actually this was his downfall in 2006, yes. is sometimes, and actually Landon Donovan had commented about this, he has too much loyalty mm. to some of his players. Um, but he likes to repay that loyalty. If, of course. If, if you've done well under Bruce Arena, he's going to squeeze as much out of you as he possibly can. Very true. Uh, and and uh, as a national team coach, you've got to be able to pull back from that at times. When you, when you really look at it and you try to break down this, this two-game stint, is four points adequate? Yes. Can you be happy as a national team fan? I, I think you can be happy. I think you still feel that the U.S. should have gotten three points last night. Mm -hmm. But can you be happy? Yeah, this was the goal that, that Bruce had set out. We want to get four points. You know, CONCACAF is deceiving. Everybody around the world thinks, boy, you know, if, if Germany played in CONCACAF, they would, they would blow through all this competition. Eh, well, okay, may it's maybe It's difficult Germany would. to play, but you know. when you're going down to Central America, playing in these conditions. It doesn't matter who you are. It, it really doesn't. Are we going to ever see regulations about field condition? I think we've had this debate before, but I don't know. Is, I feel like there has to be a standard set for certain, like, playable surfaces. Yeah, the difficulty there is, is there is the surface itself, but then what about elevation? What about weather conditions? Right. I think there may be certain things too you many can't variables. Help, right, right. But uh, field condition, I feel like, is something you should maybe be able to put a little bit more time and effort and money into. But 
I don't know. All right, moving away from the national team and quickly focusing on the weekend that was in Major League Soccer. Only a couple of games taken place. Uh, the Portland Timbers drop a close one to the Columbus Crew. Three to two. Uh, did you get an opportunity to catch some of this action at all from this game? I, I did. I did catch some of it. I was actually out to dinner with my wife and kids when the game was on, but... Uh, I did sneak a few peeks at it. That's the classic, like, <laughs> phone under the table, like, yeah, honey. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, um, she knew. She just rolled her eyes at me a few like, times. What are you like, doing, come Simon? on. Like, come on. Um, again, great energy from Portland. Um, they're playing New England this coming weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, on I ESPN, think, uh, the I, one I, game the revolution get on national television. <laughs> I do think we see Portland come back, Baxter, and uh, – have that energy. They get Nagby back. You know, oh, one hundred percent. I know we're we're trying to talk about the games this past week, and I, to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch much of the other games. I, I kind of had them. You on didn't in the miss background. much, honestly. No, all the other two were draws, right? New York Red Bulls and the Red Bulls beat our, our drew zero zero, and then the Revolution beat uh, Minnesota five to two. I did get to watch some of that game. That was I wasn't able to watch it, but I was following it, you know, on my phone. And literally every time I hit refresh, there was a new goal. Yeah, the the thing that like, I, what is going on in Minnesota or New England? The thing I took away from that game is, uh, first of all, New England completely dominated that game. I'm yes. just from from the first half, from what I remember watching. Every time I'm looking at the game, New England is in the attacking third. Mm-hmm. You know, just pushing Minnesota. Well, Juan Aguinaldo got named Player of the Week this well, week. Well, so. he deservedly so. He was all over the place. Uh, he was in the right place at the right time all the time. A lot of soccer intelligence from him in that game. I'm really hopeful that they actually they, they erase the fact that they just beat Minnesota, the worst team in the league, but they utilize and be like, look, guys, our offense was finally working. How can we actually go be successful now the rest of the way, especially now they have to go play for the worst team to arguably one of the best teams in Portland now. So, Lord willing, the Revolution keep their, their chemistry together and they go out with the same vigor and attack the Timbers and the same way they would have attacked Minnesota. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll see a, you, a competitive you, game. I mean, especially you being a New England fan, you, you do want to see that this type of game brings some belief to them. Yes. Um, at the same time, you know, it was a very similar scoreline with Portland beating Minnesota United five to one. True. So yeah, I was I was reading a stat that Minnesota United is on pace to have a goal differential over the season of like a hundred and nine. I was about to say it's got to be somewhere in the hundreds, honestly, which is just so <laughs> embarrassing. And yet, and yet, well, I guess, I guess it actually, we talked about how it's interesting that their first brace as a team on the season was against the Colorado Rapids. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and their first point was against Colorado. But I think it does go to show, as we've talked about the last two seasons, mm-hmm. how poor Colorado is with their offense. They really are. They have a lot of issues that still have yet to get worked out. So uh, taking a quick glance really through the uh, the weekend coming up here, obviously Portland, New England, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, we'll have to make our official picks here off the air, unfortunately. But uh, games to keep an eye on this weekend for sure. Uh, Houston and the Red Bulls. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips actually just got re-signed to a new multi-year contract extension. So the Red Bulls going to be consistent and strong for a much longer time. Uh, I'm going to be curious about the Vancouver Whitecaps Galaxy game, Columbus, Orlando, uh, San Jose, New York. There's some good slates of, of action this weekend overall, so I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, the one thing I have to bring up, Baxter, Please. Uh, if I know we've got about a minute left, I'd love to do our I Believes, or at least, Absolutely. At least no. let me do an Hit I Believe Hit it up. Here. Let's go. So, really quickly, my I Believe this week, Baxter, is that... This is fantastic. I see it on your screen, and I'm trying not to laugh. The Phoenix Rising FC is going to win the USL this year because... They signed, believe it or not, 39-year-old Didier Drogba. How does this even happen? 
They're a USL side, and they've signed. I mean, it's a it's kind of like a Tim Tebow move from a from a marketing perspective. You sign arguably one of the most recognized people in soccer history onto your team. So well, and you know, we saw him he might play be productive well with Montreal. It's yeah. not like I mean, he scored twenty three goals across all competition <laughs> across all competitions I when he was with believe Montreal. That. I need a Phoenix Rising jersey now. All of a sudden, well, and that's what you wonder is this is this their way of of getting money? And you know, Phoenix has, has talked be. has talked about MLS aspirations. Well. This is one way to do that. Do your drug, I wonder how much he's getting paid. Does, it, does the article say how much? Uh, it does not. By the way, this is so we're not uh, doing any type of illegal things. This is from lastwordonsoccer.com. Okay. Uh, it also goes on to talk about Sean Wright Phillips is playing with this team. Oh, my gosh. Omar Bravo, who had played with Chivas USA, sure. is on this team. They're just taking everybody in. Yeah, so it's... Landon uh, Donovan, David Beckham, they're all coming out of retirement <laughs> to play for Phoenix. This is like the all-star team of USL, I basically. hear that uh, Gerard is going to be leaving Liverpool. Is, yep, breaking news. Yeah, Messi just, just signed as well, too. He said he's got a couple of games since he's banned for a couple of matches. He's going to go do a short stint with Phoenix Rising. Why not? Uh, Everybody come to I'll Phoenix. I'll tell you one thing. What I will say is instead of these MLS teams playing friendlies against mm -hmm. uh, some European teams that bring in their C teams, <laughs> head to Phoenix. Play the Phoenix Rising FC. There's a great friendly for you. That is amazing. I am actually going to pay attention to USL now just to see how Phoenix does every single week. All right. Well, we got to run, unfortunately, but a very special thanks to Andy Dalby of the Milwaukee Torch for joining us. Uh, giving us some great insight. A special thanks to FC Kansas City's Shea Groom as well, too. Thanks to all of you that have been commenting and viewing and sharing and just continuing to build to a front as a whole. We, we can't do it without you guys, so uh, our, our deepest gratitude to all of you for everything that you continue to do. If you do miss this show, of course, you can get it on our website, toofrontsoccer.com. You can get it here on Brew Sports, the Brew Sports website, brewsportsnet.com, and, of course, you can find it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com as well. And check us out on Facebook, where, of course, you can also see the show. And check us out on Twitter, at Two Up Front Soccer. we got to get this right this time. At Max McColburn, I am Matt Simon Groban. All right, Simon Groban. A pleasure as always. Uh, we'll see you again next Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to it with our manager being the one above. We are Two Up Front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba.